Whoa, wait a minute. Let's start out this hour with some breaking news. Breaking news. Are you ready, Packers fans? Breaking news. No, they didn't sign OBJ. Breaking news. Maybe this is bigger. The Packers have released Amari Rodgers. Boom! Yes! Mike Drake, yeah, you go. When they handed him his release papers, it took him a minute to get out of the building because he dropped them. Slap Was my it, is it with a grilled cheese sandwich. <laughs> is it too soon? Is it too soon? Amari Rodgers has been released by the Green Bay Packers. Well, smoke him if you got him. There you have it. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Damn. Uh, I know people are, like, firing off the uh, the Wizard of Oz, Ding Dong, the Witch is Dead song right now. Uh, Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus at PFF underscore Brad, and also over the cap.com, joining us now on the hotline. Uh, Brad, we, we had to pause for a moment for the uh, the release of Amari Rogers because he has released more footballs to the ground than we have fish into the waters, man. So uh, finally, the uh, the buttery fingers of Amari Rogers has found his way to another team at some point, I would assume. How you doing? I just, uh, I'm doing great. I just saw that. And yeah, he has eight fumbles and seven catches for his Packers career, right? Yeah, it was uh, a uh, a career that was marred by I can't return a football. There, there was no upside. It was never like he was going to break one loose and give you a big 50, 60, 70-yard gain or take one of the house. But the downside was it's a 50-50 proposition as to whether or not he's even going to catch it. And most of the time when he did catch it, he bobbled it first before he even took off running. So there was never an upside to Omari Rogers being able to hang on to a football. Just, just throwing it out there. No. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's right. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, uh, give me your thought. Packers get a win, and suddenly uh, what was once a dead body and the heat was escaping and we were ready to pull the cloth over the face to pronounce death, they get a resuscitation via the Dallas Cowboys, uh, something I can't really explain, but it looks to the eye like they did it the right way. Give me your thoughts on the Packers getting a win on Sunday. Uh, this was a really, really impressive win. To be down two scores against the maybe one of the best pass rushers in the NFL, we charted the Cowboys with just five total quarterback pressures in the entire game. Um, so a phenomenal performance from the offensive line. David Bakhtiari hit an 88 pass block rate, allowed just one pressure. And, and, but, yeah, I mean, coming back on this team is difficult, especially because you can't beat them on the ground in the run game, which Green Bay had success with. Aaron Jones looked really good. A.J. Dillon had some decent runs here and there for six, seven yards. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was just a really strong performance from that offense. Finally, another embattled, you know, young wide receiver in Christian Watson after two drops of his own early in the game. Stays in it, stays focused, has those three great touchdowns. Obviously, the one over the shoulder was a beauty, um, you know, to finally kind of exercise the demons there. I'm sure he let out the biggest sigh of relief, you know, in Green Bay history. But it was a good game. It was, there was nothing fluky about it. They played good football. You know, the defense still has question marks against the run, but it was a really, really impressive come from behind way. The, uh, the We saw the Vikings take down the Bills. We saw the Eagles get beat last night. Both of those teams, even though the tiebreaker goes to Philadelphia at this point, give me your thoughts on the best team in the NFC right now because it once you get past those two teams, it's a jumble, man. And there's not even a lot of people that firmly believe that really Philadelphia is the real deal or Minnesota is the real deal. So give me your thoughts. 
I still think Philadelphia is the best team in the NFC. You know, obviously a couple tough games, kind of playing with Houston on Thursday night. Granted, you know, on a Thursday short turnaround, still win by 12 points there. And then last night, that's the issue. I mean, they are, them and Green Bay actually are both top three in EPA per rush allowed. So you can beat them on the ground. Washington just kept throwing the football over and over and over again. The occasional shot play, that was also kind of a, a crazy game with some penalties that decided things, not just at the end of the football game with that sack that turned into a, you know, roughing a pass or whatever it was, but a lot of kind of key calls and missed calls with Dallas Goddard, the face mask on his fumble and so on and so forth. So, long answer short, I still have Philly as the top team in the NFC, and I think it does get jumbled after that. I think Dallas is still in that conversation Dak Prescott needs to clean some things up a little bit. They could really use Odell Beckham Jr. I think you saw against Green Bay that Michael Gallup, who came up limp a couple times in that game, is just still not all the way there. Granted, Odell Beckham Jr. also came back from a torn ACL. But it's them two, I think, still I have at the top. And then it's a cluster of, you know, you mentioned Minnesota, Green Bay, trying to get back in that conversation. I think Tampa Bay... But really, for me, it's San Francisco, Seattle, and those teams I just mentioned are kind of all in this cluster below that that top two. So uh, I want to look at the AFC real quick because obviously over in the AFC with Buffalo losing, they're not even leading their division anymore at six and three. Miami is in Tua and and Mahomes. Both guys could be possible candidates for the MVP. We know that. So give me your thoughts on, on the AFC because once you get past those two teams. Uh, and Buffalo, I guess, might you want to throw them into the mix because most people still believe it's a, it's very much a Super Bowl-capable team. But after that, what else is there? I mean, I, I don't think you're going to get a Super Bowl winner or contender out of the AFC South. Uh, obviously, the AFC West is nowhere near the competitiveness that we thought it was going to be. Both Denver and Las Vegas completely suck. Cincinnati, the defending AFC champ, trying to get out of its own way and trying to climb a couple of games above 500 coming this weekend, still have Baltimore to battle with. So give me your thoughts on the AFC. Yeah, I think Baltimore is the next team. I still think it's Kansas City, Buffalo, and then I would put Baltimore. Then you get into Miami. Tua Tagovailoa is our highest-graded quarterback in 91 grade, the highest, um, you know, and a truly elite grade and playing really, really good football. They've punted the ball three times or two times over the last three games. Zero punts uh, against the Cleveland Browns this past weekend. Mike McDaniel, I think, should be the Coach of the Year candidate's favorite. Tyreek Hill, probably Offensive Player of the Year candidate as well. Um, yeah, no, it's a talented, you know, on this side of the, of, the, the, of the NFL, the conference is good. It's not, it's a jumble because there's a lot of good teams, unlike the NFC, where maybe we're trying to pick which of the bad teams is actually talented. But, you know, there's Buffalo. They're up two scores in this game against Minnesota. They should have been able to close it out. This is, again, they haven't scored a second-half touchdown since week six against Kansas City. They're having issues in the second half and closing out some games. But they are a talented team. I'll mention them again. I think they need Odell Beckham Jr. more than anyone. I think Stephon Diggs, you see just Josh Allen staring down Stephon Diggs on both of those end zone interceptions to Patrick Peterson. I think Gabriel Davis is a good, not great player. Maybe even honestly an above-average player. I, I don't really get the, the hype there. I think they need another piece there. But nevertheless, yeah, I think there are six, seven quality teams in the AFC. Tom with Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus, at PFF underscore Brad, also with OverTheCap.com. We talked a little bit about uh, the Packers, and I want to I talk some cap. We talked a little bit about the Packers next season, as maybe what could happen to this team, because we already know they're starting out the season above the cap, and we know that there's going to be more money added to that. They do have David Bakhtiari, where they gain $6 million if they cut him loose, and most likely you would assume they would. Aaron Rodgers is a lot of money against the cap. 
should he stick around and should they hang on to him and such and not trade him in the offseason or something crazy. But I, the, the big question is, with Aaron Rodgers in the last couple of years of this contract and how this thing's all going to work out, if you're a general manager, you're sitting there with Brian Gutekunst right now, you're going to say, I've got the last two years of Aaron Rodgers, and we've only won one Super Bowl with a Hall of Fame quarterback. I'm going to do what? Do you trade him away? Do you begin the rebuild? Do you look at Jordan Love? Or do you trade Jordan Love? Do you get rid of Bakhtiari? Because there's a lot of money that you got to shuffle around to make this thing work. But we all know you're going to need at least one more wide receiver before it's all said and done. Yeah, you know, I think you are open to trade possibilities, obviously depending how the season closes out. But they have a couple tough games in their schedule. They also have some certainly some winnable ones as well. But let's say they do miss the playoffs. You're answering the phone, right? You're not turning down trade calls. You're not ignoring it because you have this great flexibility where his option, his $58 million option for next season, they have from the day the season ends until the day before week one to exercise it. And during that entire time, they can kind of field some phone calls, talk with Aaron himself, figure out if he maybe wants to go somewhere else or, or whatever. I agree with you. I think David Bakhtiari is by the most interesting decision. can clear about $15 million there. I think it all starts there. And then a really tough situation with Rashawn Gary where – we saw with Jair Alexander last year, you can lower that fifth-year option amount with an extension. Now that Gary is going to be you know, in the midst of recovering from a torn ACL, even though I think he's come on as one of the best pass rushers in the NFL, he was second for us in pressure percentage in the entire league at edge defender, it still might, you might be wary of extending a guy in the middle of a torn ACL. So that complicates matters even further. Um, yeah, there is still a huge offseason with a lot of big decisions ahead. But they do have a lot of players under contract. They have a full slate of picks. Um, you know, so, so it, they have some flexibility if they want to stick with Rodgers. One more interesting thing, too, is Jordan Love's fifth-year option is due after this season. I'm not sure you've seen enough to exercise it, uh, you know, especially now that it's fully guaranteed at exercise. You can't get out of it later. That's going to be a fascinating decision for them as well. Yeah, no doubt about it. I, I, you, you don't know what you have. Any, I mean, you know behind closed doors, I guess, uh, because I've seen him for a while now, but in game situations, you really haven't seen much, and what you have seen was not inspiring whatsoever, so you don't know what you have there. Uh, go to the MVP chase right now in, in the NFL, and I had mentioned, too, I mentioned Patrick Mahomes. There's a couple of the guys that are non-quarterbacks. Saquon Barkley, Justin Jefferson, there's a few guys out there that could also be into this mix before it's all said and done, right? I think those guys for sure. I mean, Tyreek Hill is definitely also in that conversation, but Jefferson in particular I mean, it's just remarkable. He had five explosive receptions in this game, so five catches of 15-plus yards. He had seven contested catches in the game, which is the most in a single game since we started tracking contested catches in 2016. I mean, the fourth and 18 catch, the one-handed snag, pulling it out of a defender who had both hands on the ball, I think is one of the greatest catches in the history of the NFL. I think it literally is on that level. He might be the most valuable non-quarterback in the entire NFL, especially when you factor in his rookie contract. Um, yeah, uh, there's no reason those guys shouldn't be in the MVP conversation. If the Vikings get the one seed in the NFC, you can say, you know, for a fact, the main reason is Justin Jefferson. Uh, go back to some of the free agents that could possibly be on the open market that the Packers might have an interest in. I think we would start, obviously, with wide receiver at this point. Uh, not because you believe that the crop that you have is terrible. It's just that it's going to take a little while to get these guys. And if you're going to have Aaron Rodgers still under center, you're going to let go of your left tackle, but you're going to try to kind of replace him. You've got a guy on the roster already. You believe that Zach Tom can take another step. So you think you're okay there. You might have to end up paying Elton Jenkins, which you would assume you're going to. So what's 
what's the next step? Do you get a wide receiver? Do you bring a guy like that in? Or is there some other glaring weakness that you would provide this team with in free agency? You know, it's interesting. If Watson can keep playing like this, you might have a really young and quality duo with him and Romeo Dobbs. Uh, it's, and then Alan Lazard, you, you potentially bring back on a, on a fairly, you know, modest deal. Good player, has been the number one wide receiver there, you know, de facto. Uh, I'm sure Randall Cobb would, would run it back with Aaron Rodgers if he does stick around. So, honestly, as crazy as this may sound, maybe it's not your top priority. I think you are still, you know, kicking the tires on a couple guys, but it's not a good class by any means. I mean, Jacoby Myers, I think, is the best player on the market, former undrafted free agent of the, of the New England Patriots. Um, you're not going to shop that high at the top of the market. Green Bay never does, but that just kind of shows the entire market is not super strong if he is the number one player, a solid player, but, you know, no question. I, I think for them, you probably – you know, like you said, if you do move on from David Bakhtiari, yes, you have Zach Tom in the fold. You have Elton Jenkins that obviously can play anywhere. Probably don't want him at left tackle, but can play anywhere. Yash Nyman has played some really good football, both tackle spots. You know, I, I still think that you again, they would uh, probably agree. You address the trenches up in front of Aaron Rodgers. Make sure you're set there. Have some depth there. Um, and then D-line as well. You know, at edge rusher, especially if you're not going to have Rashawn Gary to start the season, I think bringing in that third edge rusher could be key. Uh, going forward for them to be able to generate pressure, and then when Gary does finally come back, you can rotate guys a little bit. I think it's one of the more underrated edges right now in the NFL is teams that can rotate guys and keep their legs fresh on defense up front. And that way, late in games, they're generating a bunch of pressure still because they've only played 35 snaps and the offensive line has played 65 snaps. Uh, before I let you go, I want to also ask you when uh, we, we start looking at uh, the, the draft this upcoming season, Packers, obviously, they've gonna have, they're going to have some draft capital, but give me your thoughts on the draft and the strength coming out of this year, this quality group of draft candidates, uh, as far as what's – because last year there was a lot of linemen, there was a lot of defensive players that were coming out. You had a decent crop of wide receivers, but which they thought it was the deepest almost ever. But what is it going to be like this, uh, this upcoming draft season, do you know? Yeah, so not as strong at wide receiver. There's a couple names that may go in the first round. Quentin Johnson out of TCU is a big study, but six foot four can go over the top. Would honestly be a good fit potentially if Green Bay wants to use a first round pick on a wide receiver. But you know, I'm not, I know I'm not telling you anything new that that is not their mo necessarily. Um, it, it's good on defensive line again. So I guess I'll go right back to that. There's a lot of good edge rushers and interior guys. Yes, you have Kenny Clark and Devontae White starting to play a little bit more as the weeks go on, but I think you could add another body there. Another three tech potentially, um, you know, Jalen Carter out of Georgia might be a top three pick at this point. So he'll probably be gone. But Brian Breesey and Clemson, there's a handful of, of options there. And then edge rusher as well. Miles Bryant also at Clemson. Uh, th there are a lot of good players along the defensive line. And I don't think it's a bad option for Green Bay going forward. Great stuff as always, Brand. We appreciate it. I just retweeted your uh, latest article and look at some of the free agent acquisitions that could be out there and some of the guys you want to start taking care of this offseason as well. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Talk to you soon. There you go, our buddy Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus at PFF underscore Brad at PFF underscore Brad and at OverTheCap.com. You can read his stuff there, this portion of the program. Brought to you by our friends at Forgotten Fire Winery. Go to ForgottenFireWinery.com. That is ForgottenFireWinery.com. Good people. If you're in Peshtigo and you're up in that area and you go in, you talk to Jake or you talk to Chris or Melissa, you go in, you ask for it, you say, hey, heard it about on the Bill Michael Show. They'll go, okay, psst, psst, come here, come here. And they give you that tasting. Let's take a taste of all this stuff. See what you like, what you don't like. And then you can pick out some bottles if you want to do that, okay? 
However, if maybe you don't get Depeche to go, stop into your local wine store, liquor store, department store, or grocery store, I should say, and ask for it by name. That is ForgottenFireWinery.com. That is ForgottenFireWinery.com. They're good people, and all they say is, look, it's fun in a bottle. We don't care how you like it, how you want to enjoy it. Just enjoy it. That's what it's there for. Yes, they've won awards. They can stack up against some of the best of the best. All the nouveau riche names where you drink with your pinky out. But they just want you to have fun. That's what it's all about. It's made by Wisconsinites for Wisconsinites and for anybody else that wants to enjoy wine all throughout the great, uh, great listening area. So check out our friends at ForgottenFireWinery.com, especially it makes a great gift this holiday season. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. over at the social house h-a-u-s always a great place to go in and get uh, by the way they are known for the cheese curd burger which isn't only during a special time of year they do the cheese curd burger all the damn time which is really really good and it's real cheese curds it's not one giant curd by the way however uh they do the pancakes if you get a cocktail on a sunday morning they do free free pancakes to you uh they do all the games football basketball whatever but they're also uh, a big soccer bar so they're gonna have some world cup action over there as well so if you're looking for a good place to go that uh, has that uh, little bit of a soccer-esque feel, they remind you they will have the World Cup on the TVs also. So you can check that out. Uh, an unfortunate byproduct of the release of, uh, of Amari Rogers. And if you're just tuning us in, Amari Rogers cut loose by the Green Bay Packers today. But uh, also Kylan Hill goes by the wayside. Now, Kylan Hill showed a lot of promise as a kick returner and punt returner. And, but he ended up with that uh, that ACL, and that was pretty much it. And for them to cut him loose, chances are it just he didn't heal right, didn't have the same zip, pep in his step, and wasn't going to be a contributor. So they had to make a decision, so they just went ahead and let him go. Uh, you would assume at some point both guys are going to catch on somewhere. But, um, but you know, best of luck to, to Kylan Hill. I'm Mari Rogers, too. Look, they're, they're good people. It's just that <laughs> the number one thing you have to do as a punt returner or as a wide receiver in this league is catch a football. And if you can't do that, you get so many opportunities. But when you're hurting your team, like, like I said, if you bring a lot of upside, you know, if you've got Devin Hester returnability, but you've got slippery fingers, you'll have a long shelf life in this league because of your returnability when you do catch the football. But when you don't have much of a return capability and you can't catch, you should have been gone a while ago. Should have been gone a while ago. So, anyway, 877-867-1670. But, uh, but now, uh, now off they go. And drawing a lot of... Uh, I hate to say dancing on the grave, so to speak, but a lot of dancing on the grave. Scott says, hallelujah, about time. He got numerous chances because of the front office, and they didn't want to admit their mistake. Sunday was apparently the last draw. By the way, let me say this, and this was a, a good piece by Zach Heilprin. The last third-round pick of the Green Bay Packers to earn a second contract from the team was Morgan Burnett in 2010. 
So hang on to those high-end draft picks like Grim Death because God knows you have hit on every damn one of them. Oh, it's just like gold, gold, Jerry, gold, I tell you. Hang on to those things because you've been right hardly ever. So there you go. Bill, which third-round pick from the last decade has been your favorite? <laughs> oh, God. Well, it's not Jay Sternberger. Alex Green? Uh, I mean, as of right now, I would have to say Sean Ryan because he has not done anything to be nothing other than just not really played. Amari Rogers is gone. Josiah DeGuara, the Swiss Army knife of this offense, and as much as I liked his hands coming out of Cincinnati, he is... Not be, then again, he was behind the eight ball because he got hurt right away his, his rookie season. So uh, he, he hasn't had much to prove, but he's kind of so much of a tweener, it's not nah, not going to happen. Ty Montgomery? Um, I liked Oren Burks. And I'm not saying because of on the field, but I like to talk to him off the field. He was a very interesting guy to talk to. He just was. There's Montrevious Adams. Kyler Fackrell, like you mentioned, Ty Montgomery. Kyrie Thornton and Richard Rodgers. Oh, Don't forget. Richard Rodgers. Richard Rodgers, maybe. That's my favorite one. The just, tight end of, out of Cal. Just for the Hail Mary. Uh, right? I forgot about the Hail Mary. And for two years in a row, the best thing that could have happened to this team in 2012 and 2013 was, was what? They didn't have a third-round draft choice. Best thing that ever happened to this team. Because before that, it was Alex Green. Why We mentioned Morgan Burnett in 2010. Um, who'd they have in 2009? I can't remember. It was Clay Matthews. Nobody. His first round. Uh, nobody? In the third round. They had two ones and then a four. T.J. Lang was a <laughs> fourth-round pick. Because they got B.J. Raji first. And then, uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, Jermichael Finley was probably the last real quality third round draft choice, choice they got. That's going back, I think, 2008. Uh, no, 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 no. James Jones. James Jones. James Jones was another one. To, uh, that was under the early Ted Thompson regime. Um, I'm looking now. Now I've got to go back. Abdul Hodge. Joey Thomas. Kenny Peterson, Marcus Anderson, Bao Jew, Steve Warren, Mike McKenzie, and Cletius Hunt. Cletius Hunt was a turd. I'll never forget when he got his contract. Drafted in 1999. Played his ass off, man. And we were doing the post game show up at Curly's, and uh, and oh my goodness, he he came up a couple of good games, and boy, I, I, Brett Favre's dad Irv loved him because he was just a big jolly dude, man. He played at Kentucky State, not even Kentucky, Kentucky State. I don't even know where the hell that's located, and I, don't, I have no idea what conference they play in. But played at Kentucky State, they bring him in, and he played pretty well. And he got his second contract. And he got that contract and showed up for training camp. He had a Hummer that he put 
diamonds in the rims of his Hummer with big spinners. I mean, it was it was like a monster truck. And then he played pretty well. It was like first or second game. And he came up. No, no, no. No, I take that back. It was preseason. Preseason. He came up. He was our guest. It was myself and Brian Noble. And he came up and smiled. And he had diamonds embedded in his teeth. He had a diamond put in each one of the six top and the six bottom of his teeth for like 15 grand. And I'll never forget. He was talking and he was, he was jovial. He's a fun guy. And Brian Noble looked at me and said, that's it for his career. I said, what do you mean? He said, he got the money. He doesn't give a damn about anything else. He's all about the bling. And that guy just wasted away to nothing. He made it. Once he got that contract, that was it. That's all he knew. He got the money and that was the end of it. Cletius Hunt. Boy, he was nothing more than a telephone pole. He just stood there. That was it. Ah, let's do this. We're going to step away and get out of this walk down nostalgia lane, a bad third round. So, in other words, what did we come up with? We came up with what? James Jones and Jermichael Finley, right? Morgan Burnett as third-round draft choices. That's it. In over a debt, what, 13, 14 years of draft choices? Longer than that? In, in 20, what, 20-something years? 22, 23 years of draft choices? 24 years, we came in with three guys. Give away the third-round draft choice. For the love of God, give up on it. For the love of God. For whatever reason, it doesn't matter who's sitting in the chair in the giant ivory tower that is in the palatial estate of 1265. Give up the third-round draft choice. It's about as useful as an extra roll of toilet paper. Come on. Ain't happening. Ain't happening. Give it up. So there you have it. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up this portion of the program. Brought to you by our friends over there at Sloppy Joe's and uh, Smoke on the Water. Smoke on the Water got a lot of good stuff going out on Okachi. they got a lot of good entertainment coming up. They've got great food, and uh, Chef Jerry Garcia out there is just coming up with new and more innovative dishes and really makes my mouth water just looking at it on Facebook. But check out either place. Joe and Ellen Hannes, great people. Smoke on the water, Sloppy Joe's, either place. You can't go wrong. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back to the program. Going to get into the uh, power rankings, which are now jumbled a bit. They are now jumbled a bit. Coming up here momentarily, this portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at New Man Medical. Treating guys with ED, erectile dysfunction, all over the state, well beyond the borders. One phone number, by the way. It doesn't matter where you're listening. They can get you in touch with any location near you. 414-455-4451. 414-455-4451. Maybe this time of year got you down, got you moody, got you sluggish, can't figure out why you don't have any energy. Is it the change of weather? Can't figure it out. No, maybe you're over the age of 30 and low T starting to set in. Could be that. They can help you out. Maybe you're just kind of feeling deficient in certain areas, need some vitamins, pick-me-ups, things like that. They can help you out there. Or you're sitting there staring down the barrel after uh, Halloween and the Halloween candy. You're staring down the barrel of Thanksgiving 
and then getting into the holiday seasons with the cookies and the cakes and the pies and the cannolis and everything else that flows with it, and suddenly you can't see anything important anymore below the waist. You need to call. They have the all-in-one weight loss program. It works for you. 414-455-4451. That's 414-455-4451. Again, 414-455-4451. That's the New Mail Medical Center. So power rankings for the NFL. Now, this is what I have, and it's, it's, it's changed a bit, but dead last Texans, they suck. Uh, right above the Texans at number 31, Raiders, they suck. Uh, Panthers, number 30, they suck. Bears, 29, they suck. Jacksonville, Denver. Uh, then I got the Lions at 26. Uh, the Rams continue to fall. They, they just, I, they're they not going to figure it out, and they're done. Cooper Cu- uh, Cup going in for uh, ankle surgery. He's pretty much done sitting at number 25. Number 24, I got the Saints. Browns stink. Steelers stink. Colts, even with the win. Coming up a couple of spots, even with the win, still down there. Cardinals getting a win. Um, I you know, I, I moved them up a little bit, but they're sitting at number twenty. Uh, this was tough. The Packers now at number nineteen. The Falcons, who have somewhat surprised me. Even though they've got a really good schedule the rest of the way, uh, the Packer, the Falcons move up to number 18. So Packers, Packers at 19, Falcons at 18. Commanders move up one after getting the win, 17. Got the Buccaneers. Then it gets kind of dicey because you got that whole mix in there. You got the Chargers, the Jets, the Patriots, the Seahawks, the Giants. Now my top 10 go like this. You tell me if it's the same. And it's tough for me because I, the Giants, I, I moved them down only for the fact that I just, I don't think I believe in them yet. And I should, you know what? I'm going to put them back where I originally had them. I'm going to move San Francisco to number 10, or excuse me, number 11. The Giants at number 9. Cincinnati at number 10. So it goes Cincinnati, the Giants. Cowboys fall. They go to number 8. Titans, uh, they they are six and three right now, and they're going to win their division, sitting at number seven. Baltimore, and then the top five are now jumbled. Buffalo falls. They've lost a couple of games now. They're number five. Two in the gang moved to number four. Now the top three. If you're holding your breath as a Vikings fan to think that I'm going to put you near the top yet or at the top yet, keep holding your breath. It's time to believe because this team did miraculous things, but I still can't put them past Philadelphia and Kansas City. But Kansas City, while people say with two losses should be number one, I say nay, nay. The Eagles, the Eagles, I'm still going to keep it number one. They got beat. They got beat at home. They got beat by the commanders. As as Hertz said in that postgame presser, he said, hey, don't worry about it. We've got a lot of things we've been talking about, you know, leaving money on the table, things we have to fix. Now we got beat. The pressure's off. Now we got to fix these things. Still the Eagles at number one, Kansas City number two. Vikings number three. Dolphins, Bills, Ravens, Titans, Cowboys. Then you got the Giants and Cincinnati. That rounds out my top ten. There you go. There you go. Now, Ben, sound about right? I'm actually with you. Yeah. I. What happened last night, it seemed unsustainable. 
Like there were fluky turnovers and, you know, certain calls that, again, I said I would highlight today. It, it doesn't feel like something that is going to crush them later in the season, if that makes sense. It's not like mm-hmm. they just got crushed. And I think right. it could be the best thing for the team now looking at a loss and knowing they have to refocus. When it comes to the Vikings, like, yes, they're winning games. They're beating good teams. But so many of their wins feel unsustainable. Like They, they yeah. feel like they're getting every bounce and every big late-game red zone pick and all these things that you wouldn't expect to really keep going as the season goes along. Like, if you look at efficiency metrics and where they stand in terms of down-to-down uh, play-to-play, who are the best teams, they're good, but they're by no means towards the top. Right. No, I agree. Uh, I'm I'm kind of standing firm in that area. The good teams, we know who they are. They've risen far enough, so we're 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 good there. But I'm just uh, kind of st- I'm I'm kind of still a believer that the best team right now is uh, is is still Philadelphia. Hanging in there. Uh, by the way, hey, if you're looking to purchase a new home, at this time of year, not a lot of people are, but maybe you're looking to sell yours, or at this point in time, even though the rates are high, refinance, because you know they're going to go back down at this point. Maybe you have equity in your home. If you're looking to do any of that, get fast pre-approval from my preferred lender, my buddy Scott Ellis with Homeside Financial, 414-791-7771. 414-791-7771, located right here in Wisconsin. Uh, and I, I can personally give you the heads up on Scott because I used him for my mortgage. I came out of the divorce. I needed to refinance the house, get everything done. He did an outstanding job. He uh, was always available. He was just a text away, called me right back, uh, most of the time answered his phone, and uh, just provided great rates, low costs, uh, and if you're worried about the high interest rates, that's fine. You can always refinance again uh, when the rates go back down. But if you want to get some equity out of your home, maybe it's time to you know start thinking about paying some big bills, getting some things paid off, doing some refis and stuff. They can help you out. If you want to get that equity out of your home, get it right now. Get a hold of my buddy Scott, 414-791-7771. Or go to scottellisteam.com. That's Scott, S-C-O-T-T, Scott Ellis, E-L-L-I-S, scottellisteam.com and see for yourself. Or just give him a, give him a buzz again, 414-791-7771. That's our buddy Scott Ellis and Homeside Financial. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers will have a walk-through practice as they get ready to host the Tennessee Titans on Thursday night football. After beating the Cowboys in overtime, a sleepy Matt LaFleur showed up to yesterday's press conference after spending the night at Lambeau Field. Anybody know what time it is? Did you go home last night? I did not. Did you go to sleep last night? I did. (laughs) Have you been here since the end? Yeah. Good thing there's a couch in my office. LaFleur on the demands of prepping the team on a short week. So, I mean, that, that's just the way it is, and that's kind of the way I've done it every year, no matter what, whether it was here or somewhere else. Just go go right in and get to work, and um, it's it's a challenge, but every team has it, So, and they're going through the same things we are right now. The Titans scored 17 unanswered points to beat the Broncos, 17-10 to 10 in Nashville. Head coach Mike Vrabel says it was good for the offense to get back Ryan Tannehill at quarterback. And I think we can be at our best if we can start to get in there and complement some, some runs and some play passes, 
but you just have to sustain some drives. On defense, the Packers may be short at outside linebacker. Preston Smith was struggling at times in the Cowboys game, coming off the field in pain. He's now listed with a shoulder and groin injury. Defensive coordinator Joe Barry on just how much the defense is going to miss Rashawn Gary after suffering that torn ACL in Detroit. Losing to Rashawn Gary, as I told you last last week, I, I used the word grit. What he brings to us just as a, as a demeanor, um, as a leader, you know, I, I tell all the young guys all the time, if you, if you don't know how to act or what to do in any situation, watch Rashawn Gary. That's Packers defensive coordinator Joe Barry. In Green Bay, I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show. Hey, do what I did. We know that the holidays are coming up, and if you're looking for a turkey or hams and such for uh, both uh, Thanksgiving and getting into the Christmas season, uh, order them from Robert's Specialty Meats in Waukesha, and they're fresh, obviously. Uh, He can take you the custom order for the size you want and such, and he is just such a good guy. Support local, support hometown. That is Paul Roberts and the gang at Roberts Specialty Meats, Waukesha. And don't forget, they do a lot of catering. If you've got a holiday party coming up or something you just want to do in your office, uh, whether it's the ribs on a stick or the chicken skewers with the garlic parm, you can do the Al Capone sausages, the roast, whatever it happens to be. They do catering. Or if you're just going to have a gathering of people, they have a lot of good stuff. They do these bacon-wrapped, cream-cheese-filled jalapeno poppers. Oh, my God. They pre-make them. You can get as many as you want. We just What we do for the Christmas parties, we get them and we just pop them in the oven and psh, they're done. And, oh, they're so fantastic. Get a hold of our friends at Paul Roberts and Roberts Specialty Meats down at Waukesha. Go to robertsspecialtymeatswaukesha.com. That is robertsspecialtymeatswaukesha.com. Uh, hope to hear from Aaron Rodgers coming up a little bit later on in the program today. But he did uh, lend his voice to a growing number of, of, uh, of players who have concerns about uh, field turf in the National Football League. And we talked about this the other day. The domed... Um, venues unless you have the ability to roll the field out you're not growing grass inside unless your dome opens up and there's many that don't so field turf is going to be around for a while a while uh let's get back to the phone calls let's go to our buddy steve listening to us in grafton steve how you doing man good how you doing bill i'm doing great today watching the snowfall what's up i yeah same here the question i have now with the passing of uh, amari rogers and Colin Hill for the Packers, it makes it look like the 2021 draft is a 28% failure. And the other guys, I think Stokes was picked, Myers was picked, Slayton, uh, the guard Newman is a failure. looks like he's on the bench. Doesn't look good for Goody. So Mm -hmm. I'd like to get your opinion on what you think of Goody and maybe the people that Goody has around him that are helping him uh, make these selections because they're not they're not panning out, especially the third. No, round. I right. I oh third round. I went through this. There are since 1996, really two. If you want to consider Morgan Burnett a guy that they hit on, maybe three, three third round picks: James Jones, Jermichael Finley, and Morgan Burnett. Three in 26 years that have hit. Three. That sucks. Three third round draft choices. Appreciate the phone call. Three third-round draft choices since 1996 that have hit. That's terrible. That's a top 100 player. Three. My goodness. 
My goodness. Uh, let's go north. Mike Clemens joining us uh, on the hotline. Uh, Mike giving us a call. How you doing, Michael? Uh, shocked. I'm surprised Goody did this. I really am. Uh, the reason is because, um, first of all, the Amari Rogers thing. Um, they just mentioned this morning on our morning show in Madison, about two weeks ago, we had, a, you know, Amari Rogers has been kind of kind of playing dodgeball with the with the media in the locker room because of the, the, the tough season that he's had with some of these drops and stuff on special teams. And you remember that that uh, uh, comment that Aaron Rodgers made about mid-October when we are talking about his options of wide receiver and some, and he said, uh, so he's asked about, what about Amari Rodgers, about his progress? And he says, uh, he's our returner. That's all I got for you. <laughs> he took a drink of water. Like, this guy is so far behind. And I'd also heard that you know, he still had not been seemed to be making progress. But when you talk to Amari Rodgers, it's like, okay, here's why they drafted him. I mean, he, he has led this football life. His father is T. Martin, the, the Tennessee uh, quarterback and coach and a, and a guy who had coached Randall Cobb. And, you know, when Amari was a kid, Randall Cobb was on his father's team and and all those kinds of things. And then he talked about everything he was doing. And some of those some of those things I think we played here on the show where he's talking about, I've got family to support me. I'm talking to the team psychiatrist, trying to do everything you know, that he can. But then to fumble the ball the way he did after that, you know, re- re- catching that punt the other night against the Cowboys, um, you know, and, and then they just were going to go with Keyshawn Nixon you know, actually, Randall Cobb is, can be back in, you know, this week if he wants to at some point. Um, you just thought they can't have this guy back at punts anymore. I mean, the, the, the team is getting upset. You still thought maybe they would work him in at wide receiver, and they just they got done with him. Now, the Kylan Hill thing is also surprising because they've watched him rehab for the last year. And I don't know if that just – and he was just, just on the field. As a matter of fact, last week I mistakenly asked Pisaccia, what did you think of Kylan Hill's return? Because I thought he was the guy out there that made a nice little quick return. And Pisaccia said, no, that was Keyshawn. Like, wow. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, because I was, you know, up on the seventh floor at Fort Field. Right. And I thought that that was, you know, Kylan Hill was out there because he was active. So, you know, they like what Keyshawn Nixon is doing on returns and maybe – uh, Samori Tori will be, you know, your punt returner. I know they've been working out a couple other guys, you know, always in rotation. And, and, but the, but this has kind of got that feel of 2018 with Ty Montgomery uh, decided to make that kick return out against the Rams. And that, that was after two or three years, of course. Uh, and they just said enough. And they got rid of both of them today. Yeah, it's uh, Mike. Is there any any rumor out there as to who they may bring in? I know there's a lot of people speculating about what's out there on the waiver wire. Any anything off top of your head? No, no, not that I'm sure of. I'm just I just think that you know Keyshawn Nixon and some of these guys like Rudy Ford and you know these there's guys that are that are getting the opportunities and, and making the best of it, whereas a draft pick like Rogers has done nothing to you know yeah. a year and a half. Mike, great stuff, buddy. We appreciate it. We'll talk soon, okay? Okay, Billy. There you go. That's our guy, Mike Clemens, checking in with us on the news. Mario Rogers. Zoop!
Kylan Hill gone as well. Another hour yet to go. More of the Bill Michaels Show. It's all coming up right after this. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.